Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is the Iceman himself. Frank, how are you today? Nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank, uh, you're a wonderful human being, and you're known for enjoying the alcoholic beverage every so often. Never so leave home without it. Never indeed, leave the back cave yeah. without it. I mean, you really should leave the home without it most of the time. Nah, the uh, um, opening container laws don't really apply right now. It's fine. I think that they do, Frank, honestly. Yeah. Control yourself, my yeah. friend. Control Debatable. yourself. Stick it, stick it in the Yeti. No one knows what you're drinking. It's fine. Um, that is that is true. Yeah. Um, but tell me what you're drinking right now. Well, um, recently I came on this show and I drank a Night Shift Night Light light beer. They then mm-hmm. followed up. That's their like light beer offering, sort of like their Bud Light adjacent uh, offering. They recently followed that up with something that they call Night Heavy. Night light, night okay. heavy. So, all right, nice. Night heavy, night Doesn't heavy. Work as well as night light. Not quite, but it's night heavy American lager. And um, yeah, it's it's also very very good. It's more of like if if night light is their Bud Light, then this is more of like the Bud Heavy, you know, like the regular Budweiser. Um, uh, not that I would put them in the same you know universe uh, because it's night shift and it's a whole other whole other uh, level, but that's sort of what they're going for. So, um, yeah, it's great. It is a uh, an American lager, and uh, I enjoy it very, very much. Um, got a whole bunch of these. I have the Night Lights and the Night Heavies both in my fridge for, you know, whatever I'm in the mood for. So Excellent. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. I love that. I love that. What about I, yourself? I, good sir, am drinking a Revival Brewing Company beer. It's called Mercy Brown Imperial Ale. Um, Mercy Brown is very famous around here, uh, in these part in these parts of Rhode Island. Um, the first, the back of the beer says, uh, don't believe everything, but you gotta believe in something. Um, and that is because, uh, I will read, I will it's also It's a mashup that. of Mercy Graves and Clancy Brown. We all know it's, it's a Lex oh. Luthor and, and Mercy Graves reference. You don't even have to explain it any further. We got it. Yeah, you nailed it. Good. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. Uh, except, actually, mm-hmm. behind the Chestnut Hill Church in Exeter, Rhode Island, lies the grave of New England's most famous vampire, Mercy Brown. In order to satisfy her thirst, we brewed this imperial brown ale offering rich, warm malt notes to awaken the senses, though perhaps not the dead. Dried plum, toasted malts, and dark caramel tones finish with a spicy herbal hop flavor. 
Mm-hmm. It's delicious. I definitely would recommend. But that sounds yeah, great. It, it is really good. Um, but yeah, Mercy Brown is uh, Mercy. Br- the story of Mercy Brown is that she was a vampire, um, uh-huh. and the, you could look it up. Um, I will actually try to. I'll find a, a good uh, th- source and, and send it to you for the show notes. Um, the, the, I don't want to go into the whole story, but she is like New England's vampire. Like, uh-huh, that's like uh-huh. she's our New England vampire legend. And there's a uh, and I thought that it was an appropriate beer because we're talking about bats. Sure. I thought. But wait, hold on. I, it, that's a great segue. I love that because bats and uh, uh, but isn't yeah. Mercy Brown. Isn't that the TV show about the, the you know, Candace Bergen and like she's the she's the recovering alcoholic and she's got the news magazine show and. Is it? I don't know. It's a Murphy Brown joke. Never mind. Oh, with uh, Murphy Brown. I was thinking of Father Brown, the priest oh. that solves mysteries. <laughs> is that Father Brown? Fa- uh, yeah, that's the G.K. Chesterton uh, uh, yeah, character. Yeah. Yes. Oh. yes. Yeah. So I wasn't sure where you were going. And then there that. was that's also the I Father thought. Father Dowling mysteries. Remember that TV show with uh, uh, Tom yes, that's Bosley? Would, yes, that's right. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, man. Why are there so many of those? Is that my know. question? I don't know. <laughs> Was that show any good? I wonder if that show was any good. I remember seeing some episodes when I was like a real little kid. But anyway, bats. That's right. Yeah, bats, vampires, and, and bats, and robins, and, and bat and, girls, and ivies, and bat girls. Frank, we both we watched Batman Forever a while back because of the death of Joel Schumacher, and then we said, well, why don't we do Batman and Robin too? Because you know what, he directed both of them. He did. I haven't seen Batman and Robin in a long time, and uh, Frank, here's here's the thing. I really enjoyed myself. Did you really? It. I like weirdly enjoyed watching it in a way that I really didn't expect to. Um, and here's why. Okay. Here's why I think because it's not good. Like I, I will like sure. say, like it's it, it's not it's not very good. And if you look at it in comparison to the other Batman films, it's a it's a very different style of of Batman. Very with the same actors, and so it's a like if you look at Tim Burton's to Batman and Robin, it's a vastly different world with a with a with a different tone, and they use some of the like it's the same it's the same architecture as Batman Forever, and it's the same Commissioner Gordon, it's the same Alfred, and you know, and Robin, and like all that stuff. So it's like confusing that way, but it's basically a Dick Sprang Batman come to life. That's very true. That's very, very true. And it's clearly meant to be an homage to that and to Batman 66. Yeah. Oh, completely. Completely. And I don't think that stylistically, because of the slightly neon gothic world that it was that was presented in Batman Forever and that, you know, uh, because of, you know, the neo um, the neo uh, art deco of Burton's films and, you know, like the grimy art deco of Burton's films. So, like, it's got a weird tone because of that, like the the tone of Batman and Robin doesn't actually fit the aesthetic that it's going for. Like doesn't fit yeah, a lot of its true. aesthetic choices. It's true. almost like by putting neon on things in bright colors, they try to splash it up. But there are set pieces where you're like, that's totally Dick Sprang, like the ice cream factory. Come on. And totally. Like, it, it's, it's just, it, I, I really, I enjoyed my, I enjoyed myself. It's hammy and dumb, but it's hammy and dumb in a way that a comic from the 1950s is really hammy and dumb. Yep. Yep. Um, that's all fair. I I still, 
it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh no, sure it doesn't. Uh uh-uh. uh no. That no. is one of the things that trips me up. Is that like even just trying to follow the story of the movie, there are a lot of leaps. Yes. I think there were actually more leaps later in the film than earlier in the film. I think that's true. It it, it kind of feels rushed at the end. Yes, Where it's it like, okay, here's Batgirl, and we got 20 minutes to wrap this up, so here we go. Yep. Yep. And I, 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 a lot of the Batgirl stuff actually is just, it feels incredibly rushed. But it also, she's like, like, she's got her little domino mask on. Right. You know, obviously it's Barbara. And and he's like, so what are you, bat woman, bat, bat person? person? She's like, it's me, Barbara. It's me, Barbara. Obviously, oh, he's the yeah. world's greatest detective. <laughs> Obviously, he knows it's you. Literally, you what have to I be thought. The world's greatest detective to know that. Yeah, it's like, oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But but even but even like Alfred, like little things like Alfred hiding his illness from Bruce and things like that, like just doesn't feel. It doesn't feel right. If yeah, there are things sense. that don't feel that don't feel quite of right. Like a parent hiding their illness from the kids because they don't want them to worry. So from Bruce's from Alfred's perspective, no, no, I get like, that. Bruce, is, Bruce has gone through a lot. He's got a lot to worry about. Why am I going to worry him about this? But also, but, you know that he's going to figure it out, right? Because he's the world's greatest detective. Right. But he probably should have figured it out a lot sooner. Because also he's the that. world's greatest detective. Also mm-hmm. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, there's a lot. My my biggest problems, honestly, with the movie are not even the fact that I find it hard to follow, but um, the dialogue. The dialogue mm-hmm. is a little hammy, and here's it wouldn't be. It's not bad in and of itself, right? If if Adam West is saying that dialogue, it works, but because of it's because of the film series that it's like trying to continue from, that's what kind of makes it hard that's what, to that's right if it was if it was its own fresh start with a where the where everyone was at the level of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman but I think part of the thing is that like that George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell and Alicia Silverstone and like they're not in on the joke right but the villains are so they're amusing to watch because they're in on this weird thing that they're like this overacting thing that they're doing. George Clooney is not overacting in this movie. No, he's acting. No, he's good. Like he's good. He's good. He's good. He's not all of his di- not all of his dialogue is great, but he's he's doing a good job of what he's given. It, I, I maintain that the heroes and the villains are in two different movies. <laughs> they, totally, they were told movie. about two different movies, and and somehow we tied it all together and made one movie out. That of it. is a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally two different movies, and I think Batman and Robin also kind Chris of. Chris O'Donnell from might that. be in the same movie as the villains. Yes, he could be. Um, I think that's. I think that that could be, but I think like you almost weirdly forgive it in Batman Forever because Jim Carrey is the antic. You know what I mean? Like you, like you almost like get past it because it's Jim Carrey. But if it was a different actor, you might actually feel the same way. If it was just Tommy Lee Jones doing his his uh, Joker impression. That might yeah. not fly, but him and yeah, Jim Carrey. You expect that from Jim Carrey, like he mm-hmm. is he is playing liar, liar, Bruce Almighty, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, dumb and dumber, the mask, yeah. dumb and dumber. Like he is doing Takes the Jim the Carrey thing. Yeah, but mm-hmm. um, Arnold, I mm. 
Arnold's having a blast is what he's having. He's having the time of his life. Uma Thurman, I don't know how she got Barbara Gord- uh, Barbara's accent. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't know how she ended up British and Barbara wasn't, but, I, I, you know, what do I know? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was... You know, it's funny. I think Poison Ivy actually gets worse as the movie goes on. I think, like, like Arnold it starts at a 10 and stays at a 10. He doesn't, like, go anywhere from that. Um, but... But, like, when Poison Ivy first shows up, like, after Dr. Woodrow, which is a great little Easter egg, you know, because Dr. Woodrow is that John Glover is the Floronic man, um, it, which is, you know, a great little a great little cameo thingy. And, um, you know, when, like, she shows up and she's like, my, my body is chlorophyll and my blood is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is 1950s Poison Ivy. This is like, I, I see what you're putting down here. Like, it's it's hammy, but I get it. But she gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as the movie goes. And, like, even her costume gets more extravagant as the, her hair gets different and it just... Like when she first shows up dancing that sexily out of the gorilla costume, which is its own thing, which we're not going to analyze. That's not. Um, well, we're not going to go there. Uh, like that, she looks like Poison Ivy. She acts like Poison Ivy. Like she's like kind of hammy, but not so much that you want to like you know you you want to bake her for Easter dinner. You know, like and so. Um, <laughs> and, 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 with that, with a, with an ivy garnish. With an ivy garnish, little. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, but they, but then, but then you get that whatever, whatever is happening. When I told Lady Freeze when I pulled her plug, you know, you know, I don't know. It just it it, it gets it ratchets up like all the time. It she starts at like a uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer um, um, pre Catwoman. pre accident. Yes, it's the same model. It's the same model. It is, it's the same model. Yep. And and then she just goes off in this. Woo, I, yeah, it's it, she goes way, way, way out there. Um, yeah, yeah, it's special. It's it special. Is, it, it is special. Well, you're right. It, it, it like, is as hammy as Easter dinner. And look, Penguin and Catwoman are hammy too. Joke is definitely hammy. They're all hammy. All the villains. They're like so over the top, but. You expect over the top in a Burton world um, because everything is slightly elongated, you know, like the emotional ranges, the architecture, the shot, like everything is warped. Uh, a, a Tim Burton movie is always a funhouse mirror version of a world, right? That's always. right. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Um, very few are not, I should say, because not all of them are, but like very few are not. And especially early Burton. This is you're talking really early Burton. This is movie number three, like you know, is Batman. So, uh, but Joel Schumacher's world is a little mix of everything. But I mean, like everything is also big. Like there are giant Art Deco statues in the middle of the city that we're like driving across, right? Which I Which love. I love is so cool and fun and like when like. Like, everything is a toy commercial. Like, this movie is a toy commercial. Like, Mr. Freeze's car has got this. Everybody's got a different suit at this time. Poison Ivy blah, even you know? makes a joke about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. My action figure comes with him or whatever she says. Like, it's it's yeah. meta. It's it's all 
it's a toy commercial. Chris O'Donnell used to say these like it felt like we were filming a toy commercial because like they like show up in these new outfits and these new bat like the new vehicles at the end and you're like where they where those come from? Did you go back to the cave to change your outfit? Then did it go back in the city because you probably could have solved a lot of problems by just showing up in the outfit you were wearing. Yeah, but Hasbro said. But Hasbro said right exactly, exactly, and, and so that um that all is nonsense but you know but like they show up and i'm like but that's a cool looking vehicle i really like those silver suits they're cool looking they are george clooney's got a great batman chin he looks so good he looks so good in a cape and cowl he he, i i really do i really would have loved to see him in more batman movies i really i love his bruce wayne i like his batman i really would have been down with him and i still i still would be fine with them finding some excuse to bring him back whether you you um acknowledge that he was in another movie or not like i don't Mm -hmm. care like you could do a whole dark knight thing with him or you could just have him be old batman for no other reason i i I don't care i would be happy with it you know what would be very interesting you know people yearn for michael keaton to do the dark knight returns right that that's like a thing honestly I'd love George Clooney to do it because like to go from the world of Batman and Robin and twist that into the Dark Knight Returns, like what happened to you like between this and that would be an interesting character. Like I also want like redemption for him, you know, like I want for for him to get another shot, another bite at the apple because people already love uh, people already love what uh, what Michael Keaton did. Like, that's mm-hmm. already a beloved movie. Uh, the first two movies are both beloved movies. I would love to see Clooney get another bite at the apple and get to do it like he he's the la- he's the, the butt of the joke. I would love to get to see him, like, come back from that. Yeah, and, you know, I think he's really only the butt of the joke because he's Batman. But watching this, like, I, try, I really tried this, to watch this movie not hating on it, not rolling my eyes. And, like, what is really good about this movie? What do they do right in this movie? His Batman is right. Apart from him, like showing up and be like, "Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman." Yeah, yeah. He yeah. doesn't. He, that's like he doesn't do anything wrong. Batman's punny. He, you know, like he can be punny. Batman can be very punny. Like, and and so he doesn't really say anything in it that is not Batman. And he's he even says to Robin at one point, "Yes, it's my rules because my rules don't get us killed." Yeah. So like, and I'm like, that's all Batman. Like, yeah, fit ten hours in the simulator. Because you messed up. All of that's correct. And he delivers it correctly. He's actually not the problem with the movie. You know, the nipples on the suit are the problem. That's not George Clooney. That's not his problem. No, it's not. You know? It's not his problem. I, I I have all I have long felt that way. That like yeah. he he gets lumped in with all the other problems that the movie does have, but I don't think that that he is one of the problems. I don't think it's fair criticism. No, it's not. It's absolutely not fair criticism because he, honest to goodness, does his best. And like his scenes with Alfred are wonderful, heartwarming. They're, yeah, very heartwarming. They're tender, and you feel like they really do. He really does care about him, and um, he cares about everybody. And he he does the like he does the bachelor thing well because especially since like Clooney was doing the bachelor thing at you know for so long, and and he's almost like ageless in this movie like are you 30 was this 10 years ago was this 30 years ago when was i don't i don't know when you're how old you're supposed to be and it really works and it works because of that um so i think 
I think I didn't really like the neon and stuff when I was a kid, you know, because I loved the the neo gothic of of Burton. Um, I kind of dig it now. It's kind of it's like it's fun. Some of the aesthetically, some of the stuff it, it, it really works for me. Like Mister Freeze's makeup is great. He would have been a great Doctor Manhattan. He had the look. Yeah, he sure, yeah, sure would have. He had the actually, look. He really, yeah, he really, he really would have. Um, it would have been funny that he would have been Doctor Manhattan in Austrian. Sure, actually, I, yeah, that the look. The look. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think he could have done it. Arnie, Arnie's not given enough credit for like being an actor, like because you like point at things like this and you're like, you're way over the top and whatever else. But he can do it. Like he can do it. Um, but like I liked that he was kind of glittery. Like it worked really well. In it worked really well on camera. The bigger problem with Arnie is really the 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 puns that the nonstop puns he was given. Nonstop. Yeah, nonstop. I mean, some no like we said, like some th- stuff like. Some stuff it really does get wrong. That is not Mr. Freeze. That is a complete like it's sixties Mr. Freeze. It's nineteen it's Adam West Mr. Freeze, but it's not um Michael Nazari Mr. Freeze. And uh and and that's what we expected and know and love. And I think that was part of the problem going into it. That like they stopped at nineteen sixty six. And that's just not what people were expecting or or wanted. Or wanted. Um, yeah. Yeah. It um, is it is interesting though, speaking of sixty six how um i think we were talking off mic about how colorful the movie is a la 66 um there are some set pieces that look like they were ripped from the adam west series i mean help the back cave kind of looks like an updated adam west yeah it's even got some computers in the corner that just make like flashy blinky things that like don't do anything there are labels on things um they just you know like Mm -hmm. like i mean they're not as ridiculous but but there are labels on things um Mm -hmm. that don't need to be there um commissioner gordon uh he's wearing his like like military yes like commissioner outfit. gordon from like, 66 i mean the yeah. police officers in general are wearing like old-timey police mm-hmm. uniforms um and then like the dutch angles in this movie are everywhere and there was a little Every- bit of that in forever but like uh, joel schumacher just like uh, told the dp to like turn it to 11 for this yeah i agree but even some of the like to, to continue with the production design like the batmobile in this film is a roadster like it is like is a straight on elongated roadster if you take the fins off of that thing it looks cool like it it actually is cool there are things about it i don't like like as a batman fan like why you only have one seat in there that's dumb why is there no top it rains in gotham those streets are wet literally all the time like so like why are you riding around without a cover but the idea of batman driving a roadster I actually really like. I like it more than the Batman Forever Batmobile. I was going to ask which one do you like better. I definitely like the Batman Forever one more. But I, I mentioned this on our Batman Forever episode. I kind of think that I only feel that way because I had that toy. Mm-hmm. And I actually forgot to mention on that episode, I had a mug, too, um, that had like the, the bat symbol in the Riddler's question mark. And then on the other oh, side yeah. was the Batmobile mm-hmm. would appear when the mug got hot. I still have That's that cool. mug. But I ran it through a dishwasher, and so the Batmobile is just always there. But anyway, but anyway sidebar. Um, I love that Batmobile because I have fond memories of it from having the toy and everything. But then when I saw this Batmobile in this movie, I don't like it quite as much. The whole, the the the, the whole designs on it, the 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 mm-hmm. neon shining through yep. bits, are too much for me on on this one. I prefer the Forever one, but I think yeah. that's just my own personal bias because of childhood memories. It could be. I used to prefer the Forever one. It's only very recently do I look at this Batmobile and I go, you know, I actually do like it. I don't think it's functional. 
But like nothing in this movie is technically functional. Like nothing like makes sense. Like the observatory is on top of a statue that you can't even get to. So like how do you get up to the observatory? Because it's just like do you have to go up through the arms into the hands to like get there. But is it a Statue of Liberty situation? Like what? Why does Mister Freeze carry the McGregor syndrome cure in his suit? That doesn't make any sense either. But you know what? What? Whatever. You know, that's like I that's what I came to. But I've seen this movie so many times at this point. I'm like, whatever. So let me pull out the good stuff. And so I appreciated this roadster Batman. But like so I like appreciated Robin having her motorcycle, you know, because you rode a motorcycle in the last movie. That makes sense. Why does it take five minutes for it to appear? Why doesn't it just sit next to the Batmobile? So because like a lot of people could have died in the time that you're just like waiting for this thing to come up with neon lights in the middle of it to let your way like that's stupid makes no sense. But the motorcycle itself, super art deco. It looks like it's ripped out of Batman the Inman series. You know, big handlebars, the wheels are covered with that nice chrome. Like, some of that is cool. Um, there's a lot There's a lot to like about it. There's a lot to like about the design of this movie in general. Yep, yeah. But, and then there's stuff that you, like, to not like. I, I don't like the bat suit because, like, nipples aside, I don't like the, the monotone. Like, it's one color. It's yeah. the same reason I don't like the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy suits. Like, they're just dull. Like That's fair. They, they, yeah, they're dull. That's fair. I that is like... a fair criticism. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I do like Spice the. I like the silver accents at the end of the movie. Um, yes, when the three too. of them have their their matching mm-hmm. suits, um, for action figure purposes. Yeah, I do like that a lot. Um, I find yeah. that I find that really fun. Um, uh, the whole. I mean, the domino masks being silver, I actually don't love, but like the suits themselves, I actually like a lot. Yeah, um, I do. As too. far as a 1997 yeah, you know, aesthetic. Yeah. Do you have them? Yeah. Oh yeah, I had those when I was. I didn't have a lot of Batman Forever toys for some reason, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of Batman and Robin toys. Even though I remember as a kid seeing it, and I was like, "That's not Bane. Like, that's not, that's not this. Bane is probably, I think, the biggest offense of this movie. Probably. Like, yeah. Like, what? Why? Why, why did they why? shoehorn Bane into this movie? Because it was the 90s. Bane was very like it was it was just this was 97 so you're talking like just a few years after nightfall I think 93 like, like just yeah right so and so you're just riding the tail end of nightfall and the return of Batman and like all that stuff so Bane's very popular so like throw Bane it's the same reason that I think you see Venom in Spider-Man 3 yeah fair fair it's fair it, you know it's he's just in there for appeasement you know, but like, look, if you don't look at like the painted veins and the hands and stuff too closely and all that stuff, you look at him like, yeah, that's Bane. That's a version of Bane. Like, he actually does look like the character. Um, he's wearing lifts, but, you know, but, you know, it's funny, but he looks more like Bane than Tom Hardy looks like Bane. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But his Bane feels dangerous and is not a monosyllabic, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, Mr. Bomb. Bomb. When he says bomb, oh my God. Like, like, why? In, in case you didn't get it, this is a bomb. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's totally it. It's for so, the four-year-olds to like. This this is is gonna go splody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think the next greatest sin after that, honestly, is is not Barbara Gordon. Yeah. Like it's Alfred's niece, and everyone's like, "What? Why?" And then like 
You're trying to find your brother to tell him that Bruce is Batman because you like why is like is he gonna come and be the new butler now? Like, is there a thing? Like, you're just showing Alfred using a computer so you can sell that computer. And now Alfred's an AI, so, like, did you need to find your brother? Because now you're an AI. Just going to say that. Like, why would the, why the whole thing of finding his brother when there's a life model decoy Alfred anyway? Yeah. Like, none of that makes sense. It makes as much sense as the butt shots. The like, butt shots. Oh, my God. They do them at the beginning of the movie, and then when Barbara gets her suit, they're like, Alicia Silverstone's butt, too. Like, yep, why? Right. There's a butt shot in Batman Forever. Is there? Not I don't even he, Not It's not the opening montage, but the when he puts on his special suit, you, it's a butt shot. And so, like, maybe people were like, two more butt shots. So he was like, all right. But you know what? Equal opportunity. Everybody gets a butt shot. There were too many butt shots in this movie. I'm sorry. There were yeah. too many... I didn't need. I think the only person's butt I didn't see was Mr. Freeze's. Just about that includes Alfred. No. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, Yeah. Uh, Alfred. By the way, the password security not great, man. Terrible. Terrible. But you know what? It was the it was the '90s password security. And they did the thing that I hate from '90s movies and TV shows when when the person hacking the computer gets in and they project the computer images onto the person's face. Yep. So yeah. so Barbara's sitting there, and you see the, the stuff from the computer projected on her. That's not how computers work. Everyone nope. knows that's not. Even then, we knew that's not how computers work, because you know what? Everyone in that theater was sitting, watching images on a screen, and they weren't projected on their faces. That is correct. That's correct. Everyone had a yep, TV. That... Everyone who has screens worked. Yeah, it's so true. I did see an, uh, a fun little Easter egg for Batman Forever, where they're on the streets as like Gotham's getting frozen and stuff, and whatever else. Let's not even talk about how that works, but... Um, Gotham's getting frozen and the big optometrist eye like Dr. Ecclestein's eye yes. from that they fly through in the helicopter in the first one is a smaller version sitting outside a store like oh, Gotham optometrist cool. like you can like go like that's the same prop it was probably the one that they showed though that they didn't explode the miniature just, yeah yeah they just they use it as a prop to to cover the outside of Gotham that's a fun easter egg I like yeah. that yeah I enjoyed that quite a bit. I actually this... do enjoy the, uh, even though it's very on the nose, the snow miser. Um, I thought it was so fun. Yeah. Sing, sing. I completely yeah. forgot about that. So that tickled me to no end when I rewatched it. It was That was fantastic. Yeah. I did not remember that at all. I hate it when people talk during the movie. <laughs> yeah. That one was actually kind of funny, too. I, I enjoyed that, too. You know, it's meta. Yeah, that's, get, that's okay. If you get over, like, that's not a good characterization of Mr. Freeze. Like, I enjoyed his performance, like, because he's just having fun. It's true. And and then so if I can watch him having fun, then I can sit back and have fun. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I, we're so far past this movie. Like, I've, like I've, I've seen Batman in five films since this movie. That's right. Yeah. So... Like, I've gotten different, so I can sit back and watch this one and just enjoy it for what it is. Well, it's almost 25 years ago. I mean, like, it's it's so far in the rear view that there is, we have perspective now that we didn't have. That's right. I'm also past the point of, like, fearing that this will, like, kill ever seeing Batman on screen ever again. Like, no, it won't. Like, there'll always be a different one. I'm not really worried about it. You know, like, we just got one a couple of years ago. And I'm getting another one next year. You know, it's cool. There'll be another one. It's fine. So now you have that, like, yeah, you can watch it for what it is. That's right. All 11% on Rotten Tomatoes that it got. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's that's real bad. Yeah, it is. 
Um, yeah. I wanted to watch the uh, the the DVD extra where they just give endless apologies for uh, mm. for having made the film. Uh, I didn't yep. get a chance to. I will. F- I think there's. I think it's on YouTube. So if if it is, I'll, I'll find it and throw it in the, sh- the link in the show notes. Okay, that's worth a watch. It's fun. Um, they maybe apologize more than they needed to, but it is kind of fun. And from a fan perspective, where we spent the last twenty some odd years um, laughing about how bad this movie was, to then have them, you know, the, the cast and crew sort of come back and be like, "Yeah, we're we're we're, we're really sorry. We we really we fun. see the error of our ways now." Um, yep. They may have over apologized, but it's still sort of validating in a way of like, all right, they know they didn't make the best movie, um, but it's not the worst movie they've ever seen either. No, it you sure know? isn't. No, there's nope, room. There's room to get worse. worse. Like I don't know if eleven percent is fair. No, I'd at least give it thirteen percent. No, I'd give it twenty five thirty. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah it, it goes think... down from there. Yeah, I agree. No, I'm with you. I am very much with you, but this was so fun. I'm glad that we talked about this and not in a way that was like everything's terrible because I like being positive and there are some positivities to this movie, despite it obviously not being very good. It's not very good, but it is, it is fun and there is, that's you know, there's entertainment value in it. That's right. If you if you can laugh at things that you love, then it's OK. Um, right. And you know uh, what? When he said, hi, Freeze, I'm, like, Batman, I'm Batman, it reminded me of hi, Christopher, I'm Nero. <laughs> if we ever do a new intro we can do high freeze on batman <laughs> yes yeah, I, yeah that's good it's very good um so uh where can the people find us uh the bat cave cool okay great there's a giant uh, penny there it's fine um we can find us at beerwithgeeks.com that is the official website for the podcast uh we are part of the thought bubble audio network so you'll also find us over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com find this show and many other shows there as well so check that out um, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps you're probably listening to us in one of those right now things like apple podcasts and spotify and stitcher and overcast and uh pocket casts and many many other podcast apps uh you'll find us everywhere in fact if if you if you use a podcast app and we are not listed in their directory email us at beerwithgeeks@gmail.com and we will fix that uh you can tweet at us at beerwithgeeks uh, at, at beerwithgeeks on twitter um, and if you want to support us, uh, you can, of course, leave a rating or review on any of those apps. That helps us a lot. Help us get discovered. You could subscribe. That helps a lot, too. Tell a friend. That helps a lot, too. Uh, and if you've got a dollar a month burning a hole in your pocket and you want to get these episodes uh, a couple weeks before everyone else gets to listen to them, support us over at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. A dollar a month will get you in the door and you can get early access to uh, these episodes. So that's uh, that's the deal. It's a good deal, Frank. I love it. I'm glad that we were here to talk about this. And um, until next time, cheers. Cheers.